Hello, welcome to the Co-Design in Publics podcast, a space where we bring together activists, practitioners, and academics to examine and discuss design ideas on the public realm. My name is Juan Subillaga. My name is Asim Inam. And we are your hosts for this episode. So today we have our fantastic team of scholars joining us. We have Charlotte Lemansky, reader in urban geography at the University of Cambridge, Melanie Lombard, lecturer in the Department of Urban Studies and Planning at the University of Sheffield, Abdul Malik Simon, professorial fellow at the Urban Institute at the University of Sheffield, Neha Sami, researcher from the Indian Institute of Human Settlements, Simon Springer, professor of human geography at the University of Newcastle in Australia, and Fernando Luis Lara, professor at the University of Texas in Austin. This is the third and final part of our introduction, where we met with our team to discuss the meaning of the public realm. We hope you enjoy the episode. Just to pick up on a couple of points there that actually tie into, into the third question, which is what's the role of design and how the public realm is produced, and also what can we learn from informal contexts and how does this happen in informal contexts? So the third question, what can we learn from informal strategies producing the public realm, particularly in cities of the global south? Um, what can we learn from those informal strategies producing the public realm? Well, they are the strategies that we should pay attention. We are not going to solve our most current problems, the problems of inequality, the problems of racism, the problems of sexism and misogyny, the problem of over-exploitation of resources, carbon levels in the atmosphere and climate change. We will not solve those problems only with the abstracted variables, the things that we can measure economically, the things that we can manipulate, detached from people's emotions and people's engagement. So to me, the informal strategies that happen all over the world, not only in the global south, there are informal set, uh, strategies all over the world. Those are teaching us lessons that emotions are important, relations are important, empathy is important. Those are the antidotes to the excess of abstraction that we suffer nowadays. To me, the most important thing would be to not to romanticize the informal and to remember that several of these publics that we sort of look up to and, and sort of think of as successful movements in the context of the South have emerged in moments of and as a response to crises. In several cases, they have also emerged as a as the result of an institutional gap or a vacuum or, you know, more kind of bluntly as the failure of the state to be able to provide certain kinds of support and services or as a breakdown of planning machinery and, and sort of governance mechanisms. It's also, I think, important to recognize, like I've mentioned earlier, the role that non-spatial aspects play in the success or failure of the creation and or the emergence of some of these publics, the ability for collectives to emerge, the movements that have fought for and made certain rights possible, policies and processes that have been put in place by states and state institutions. There are sort of several examples of state governments working 
working very very closely with particular collectives of of communities of with organizations to enable the development and creation of publics whether in the co- context of formal public spaces or otherwise i mean examples include communities that you know take ownership over the parks resident welfare associations that support uh, local government or indeed you know a whole range of community based organizations that provide critical governance services it's also i think important to recognize that these have not these publics in the south have not emerged uh, just spontaneously but are the result rather of incremental processes over time that have come together i think that critically one of the big kind of lessons for me particularly to draw from publics and public movements and spaces that have been produced in southern context is to think about the ways in which they provide alternative uh, means and mechanisms about thinking you know not just about the development and planning in sort of the physical urban context alone but also about larger processes of governance and inclusion and equity and i think that in this case cities in latin america are sort of really kind of examples to look up to to look at how cities in colombia for example have uh, medellin uh, has kind of been able to work with communities to deal with the aftermath of terrible violent crime and so to think about how you know these publics that are created in the south are built on and draw on resilient community networks they draw on social and political relationships that translate into these collectively produced publics and i think that it is important to understand the production and the emergence of these publics contextually in sort of their political social geographic context rather than you know in a broader schema and reflect upon the moments the crises the challenges that have produced these and here again i think i would like to expand the idea of the production of publics to digital spaces and particularly looking at how things like whatsapp etc in vernacular languages in sort of local regional languages have been used over the last year and a half to provide support to provide space in which to collect to share but also like we're seeing right now to provide support and and provide spaces in the absence of physical space and physical collectivity being possible both to think about the internet as a way of broadening the base of widespread democratic participation but also think about you know what it means to privatize some of these spaces their governance and policing and i think these are questions that are relevant not just in the context of the south but beyond as well to give a short answer one thing that we learn is that city hall doesn't know how the city functions it doesn't really know what the practices are of the public of infrastructure of housing and that if we want to find out what's happening in cities it is necessary to look at informal everyday quotidian strategies now at the same time of course there's a danger of romanticizing those strategies as somehow more important or more real or more genuine more authentic that we all know is kind of an inherently problematic conceptualization and a problematic binary between kind of what happens in city hall versus what happens on the ground when in actual fact it's far more entwined but i mean that's kind of a very short glib answer I think some of the contributions particularly from Latin American notions of urban popular economy are useful basically in terms of how residents attempt to try to think about balancing the need for accumulation and the and the need for social reproduction and in what ways can these kinds of trajectories be designed through the particular arrangements that people make not only with their time but also with space what is the household how is the household extended outwards to encompass multiple households as a kind of primary unit of of social reproduction 
what kinds of distinctions are to be made between sort of domestic and productive spaces? Do you necessarily need to have those kinds of distinctions? What ways in which, the, particularly for women, the time as workers, the time as carers, the time as participating in forms of collective solidarity, what kinds of spatial arrangements can be designed in order to facilitate particular kinds of synergies and that have been called infrastructures of care. So in this way, de design is, is in some sense the product of negotiated initiatives on the part of, of residents to try to deal with particular kinds of concerns and, and, and problematics. What constitutes viable ter territories of operation and maneuver and some of the ways that uh, Arturo Escobar talks about, you know, using the notion of design uh, as a kind of embodied urban urban practice. I wanted to pick up on that point about territory and Escobar's work on territory, because I think that's another set of debates that are kind of Latin American, some are coming from Latin America or kind of interaction with Latin American debates that are particularly interesting at the moment. So thinking about the question of territory as socially produced, which links, I guess, to how we're thinking about public space and the public realm. Um, but then also moving that on to try and capture the idea of territory as a site of ontological struggle, which is kind of more what Escobar's talking about, I think. And then other work by other authors like Raul Zibeki, who brings this to the urban setting and links it to um, urban social movement. So, you know, the relationship between territory is socially produced and questions of identity, symbolic practices, time-space dimensions. I think these are all issues that come up in those debates on territory that are also quite resonant with um, informal strategies for producing the public realm in the global south. So again, in the case of well, in the city of Buenaventura, I was looking at a, an example of a peripheral neighborhood that's under extreme pressure from both criminal actors but also the port authorities to give up land for port expansion essentially and, and it's come to a head around the issue of the football pitch in the neighborhood which has become a, a kind of high profile case of contested kind of issues around land but it's also become symbolic for the neighborhood's struggle to defend itself from the encroachment of the port and this appropriation um, and a point of mobilization as well and a, um, an issue which has made it into the national news, for example. So all of this potentially speaks to notions of territorialization, deterritorialization, re-territorialization. And it links also to wider contextualized debates in this setting in the Pacific Colombian region around Afro-Colombian understandings of territory that come ostensibly from rural areas, but that actually have real resonance in urban areas um, in a city like Buenaventura, where the majority is Afro-Colombian. And so these understandings of territory that are seen as kind of part of the, the rural environment that have been enshrined and codified in rural settings by the law from the 1990s that gave collective land rights to rural Afro-Colombian communities, they're being translated and brought into urban areas as a point of mobilization around these kind of contested spaces like the football pitch in this neighborhood. I was just going to on uh, something Malik said, as well as going back to Charlotte's um, original point. So just mentioned the notion of care. And I think that that's, well, for me in my own research, that's one of the ways that City Hall is completely out of touch is in the context of Phnom Penh in Cambodia, there's not a lot of care taken both for the material form of the city itself. It's just 
completely oriented along neoliberal lines that, you know, whatever is in the best interests of business, that's what gets done sort of thing. But then there's the ongoing recreation of the city through practices of mutual aid engaged by those who are you know, their, their very existence, their very presence is the antithesis of the neoliberal order insofar as it's what's intended to not be visible, right? So the, the homeless people themselves, there's this idea of out of sight, out of mind, and the city hall in Phnom Penh actively tries to create the conditions in which those people aren't seen, which means collecting homeless people off the street and interning them in black sites that are in most instances, worse than prisons, because there's no sort of uh, accountability in those sites. So, which is a practice that's been going on for about a decade now. But in spite of those sorts of conditions, what we see is that people continue to care for each other. So the the way that the homeless people recreate the city and informal strategy of just keeping alive in, in a context that wants to see them, you know, their existence wiped from the very fabric of the city itself, the way that informal strategy of mutual aid, of caring for each other, uh, in spite of all the adversity that they face, I think it's, for me, it's one of the, um, I mean, of course, it's a, a tragic story, what's going on, but then there's the hopefulness of the way that people, in spite of all these things, find a way to carry on. Thank you for joining us in today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when we release a new episode. You can also follow us on Twitter at CodesignPublix or Instagram at CodesigningPublix. This podcast is part of the Codesigning Publix Research Network, a project funded by the UK Arts and Humanities Research Council and hosted at Cardiff University. Thank you.